Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, <clears throat> relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for this week, a new week, a new week where we begin the week with the moon in Scorpio, and that kind of gives us an intensity to the week and preparing us for uh, some of the planets that are moving into Scorpio, namely Mercury at the end of this week, and then the sun next week. So we get sort of a preview of what some of those energies will bring us. <clears throat> and then this week is fairly quiet um, until we get to the end of the week. Then it gets a little bit more crazy. Uh, the beginning of the week, however, gives us a little bit of smooth sailing. Not so much because... Um, there's nothing that's going on, but mostly because we've just come through a very powerful time with the solar eclipse and it gives us some time to integrate, to sort of let everything settle in for us to uh, kind of get clarity around it. Remember after all the solar eclipse was a new moon. So it gives us this time to sort of gain clarity around what it is that a new direction we might take, or what is it we need to bring to the table in order to move forward with our goals and our dreams and our plans. So it is a very good time not to have a ton of aspects or transits going on, but that doesn't mean that there isn't anything going on. In fact, today we're going to talk about some new things, maybe that uh, my astrology basics class, they probably, they'll recognize this right off, but some of you may not have ever heard about a quintile in astrology and there's a very nice quintile happening today and it's a minor aspect in the grand scheme of things but i really like the concept behind quintile so we're going to talk about that as well i'm also going to remind you about where the earth is sitting now that we're after the solar eclipse and in the run-up to the lunar eclipse what is it that um what is it that we can be thinking about in terms of grounding in our experiences and what steps are next? The earth in human design at gate 42 sort of gives us clues about what that is all about. And then I want to talk about Mercury. The rest of the show will be about Mercury as Mercury is heading into his superior conjunction with the sun later this week. And I'll tell you what that means. What can we do to prepare and all of that? And then as well, Mercury on Saturday moves into Scorpio for uh, the three-week period. And what does that mean for us? Okay, so we've got quite a bit to talk about. Let's say good morning to people. Hello to Christine. Good morning, she says. Tom Wright, hello. It's good to see you with us. Tara Mesner, good morning to you. Nicole Markham, hello. Happy Monday. It's great to have you with us. J-Lo, happy Moon Day, Astro Design Tribe. I was thinking about that this morning, uh, J-Lo, as I was writing down what Mondays, and I went, oh, Monday, Moon Day. Ah, oh, fun. Uh, and hello to Asa. I hope all is going well for everybody this fine Monday morning. It's bright and early here. It feels like because, you know, now that we're moving more toward the winter solstice, it's getting darker and darker, harder to get your butt up. And uh, yeah, and it, right now it's dark too, because it's also going to rain. In fact, there may be thunderstorms, it says, during the next half hour. That'll be interesting. <laughs> so we'll hope and pray that everything goes smoothly here this morning. Uh, so first, let's talk about uh, the eclipse. Did everybody, well, now I know a lot of you are coming from, say, you know, the east coast of the U.S. or uh, even the upper Midwest or Florida. So a lot of you might not have seen it. Um, but I was actually sitting here at my desk. And I was able, the sun was right outside this window. And of course, you're not supposed to look at the sun. So I did not. But I could tell by the changing uh, face of the light what was going on. And uh, so a friend of mine, Michelle, you see her often out here on um, the, the morning show. She lives up on the hills uh, not far from here. And she got some really good pictures of it. Unfortunately, here there was quite a bit of cloud cover. But you could see the changing face of the light. And what I thought was really telling and what I think all of you can actually kind of tap into is what was going on in your life at the time the, the lunar e or solar eclipse started.
but maybe even more importantly, what was going on in your life right afterwards, right afterwards. And it wasn't until I was chatting with someone, I don't remember who it was, um, by text, um, that the solar eclipse for me was in my fourth house, which is the house of home and family. And my my thoughts had been turned toward that anyway, because it was a weekend to celebrate Terry and TJ's birthday. And every we have four of my grandchildren's birthdays are coming up later this month and on into November. And of course, my son's birthday that passed away, his birthday is tomorrow. So there's a lot of family um, feeling and emotion going, you know, through not just me, but everybody at the moment and the fourth house home and family. So what did I choose to do? And this was sort of a, I didn't, hadn't even really realized what was going on, but what I did in the after uh, math of the uh, eclipse was to go and spend time with family. I drove my husband to the football field so we could watch our granddaughter cheerlead for the football game. And then we all went to the pumpkin patch afterward and spent some time looking at all the different types of pumpkins. I can't tell you how many different kinds of pumpkins and gourds there are. I was shocked how many there were. And um, so I bought some different ones. I'll have to tell you what they taste like as time goes on here. Uh, but at any rate, so looking at your own life now, what did you spend your time doing in the aftermath of the solar eclipse because that could give you some clues as to what this next six months is all about for you what was on your mind what was the dream the goal the aspiration that was coming up from deep inside you because remember that was one of the big things about the solar eclipse is it's a jacked up new moon and the new moon is always a time for us to set intentions for what comes next so what comes next for you and that is a question that i actually put out to uh, talk about this morning is what is next? What are your next steps in creating the life that you want to lead or creating the program you want to create or creating the life, right? Just what is next for you? And all of that, of course, begins with the moon in Scorpio today for today and tomorrow through actually up till the 20th, which no, it's not up through the 20th. It will be from, oh, I did have that date here for you. It'll be until Tuesday afternoon when the moon will transition out of Scorpio and into Sagittarius. So right now we're in a time of emotions, deep emotions may be coming up, right? The different uh, things that we've been holding deep within in us that are, you know, kind of rising to the top, right? Like the, the, the cream rising to the top so that we can deal with it. And transformation energy is afoot, as well as maybe some of the hidden things. What's been hidden from you? What's been hidden from us collectively? What's been hidden in our sort of individual path toward our uh, lives? Scorpio is a water sign. It is the sign of deep water, deep water, not shallow, right? So we can't always see to the depths we actually have to do some work at it to get to the depths of what it is that we're feeling. And the eighth house is the house is the natural house that um, Scorpio rules. And it's the house of death and rebirth and shared resources. So it has some pretty important and impactful energy that is being added to this. And this is the natural wheel of the horoscope or of the zodiac, not in your own personal chart. Your own personal chart has Scorpio somewhere in it, though. And if you look to where Scorpio is in the chart, you're going to get an idea of the area of your life based on the house that Scorpio is in, where this deep transformational energy can be coming up. Now, remember, the moon represents our feelings, our instincts, and our subconscious mind. So the patterns that are running the show, essentially. And when the moon is in Scorpio, we can sort of experience these strong passions and desires that come up. Like, I really want this. I really want to go there. I really want to experience this. And these things are coming up from deep within us. And they can be great signs signposts even that say, yeah, this is, this is the next best thing for you to do. This is the next direction for you to go. But also our fears come up at this time. And all of the things that we're using as blocks or restrictions to 
our being able to have or do what it is that we desire. So there's this kind of mixed bag of things going on here, because on one hand, I may be so excited, I'm going to create this thing, and I'm going to go to this place, or I'm going to handle these details. And then on the other side over here, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, but I'm not good enough. Or I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know. I don't know when I could do that. I can't afford to do that. I can't, you know, blah, 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 right? So fear and transformation and uh, passion and desire all mixed together here in Scorpio energy. And again, we're, we're going a little deeper here this morning because it's not just the moon, right? The moon is there now. But as we get later into the week, we have Mercury moving into Scorpio. We already have Mars in Scorpio. And next week, we'll have the sun in Scorpio. So time to get kind of comfortable in all of these Scorpio energies, or at least to understand what is going on as it relates to your own perfect, your own perfect life. There we go, your own perfect life. Uh, okay, we may also be more secretive, more suspicious, more possessive, we can take in the dark side of that Scorpionic energy. Um, it can help us uncover the hidden reasons why we have a fear. Um, it can also help us then to heal the wounds or to purge what no longer serves us, what no longer needs to stay in place in our lives. And by purge, I mean, let go of it, like just let it go. Um, so keeping in mind that the, some of those shadow energies are very powerful, what in fact power struggles part of it. Um, we're going to see also the sun comes into a square with Pluto this week. So we already have this hidden element of power struggles that will be apparent. We're going to, we see it already happening in the outer world, but what power struggles are coming to the surface. And then of course it can, you know, be uh, tip us into obsession, uh, becoming obsessive over whatever it is that's going on in our lives. <clears throat> but we can also use the moon in Scorpio. Um, it is one of the most psychic signs in the Zodiac, right? Uh, Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer, um, the water signs that as that element is already very intuitive and instinctual, this um, uh, instinct in Scorpio is heightened to a degree that it can almost seem prophetic, right? Like you can almost prophesy what comes next in your life. And then we can use that intuition, that powerful inner knowing to transform our lives and to empower ourselves to move forward, right? So moon in Scorpio, very powerful, a great start to the week, not always comfortable energy. It is emotional energy. It can create the tears, the anger, the frustration to boil over. And the only thing I would say about that is let the emotion come up, whatever it is, even if it's not good feeling emotion, but just don't aim it at someone, right? Don't aim it at your loved ones. Don't aim it at your friends. Take a look at what it is that that uh, anger is masking. What's the problem? What's the, what's the thing that needs to be transformed in your life? You could really use this great energy to process through uh, whatever those things are that are happening behind the scenes or under, like taking a look underneath and seeing what's going on. So, woohoo! Uh, okay, so let's, uh, good morning, Julie. It's good to see you. And Mahub, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I do, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that you're actually joining us for good things, but <laughs> we shall see. Um, next, I want to talk about uh, the earth. Your feet are on the earth, right? So everything that the earth is doing is often kind of hidden in some of the things that we're talking about. So when we're saying the sun is in Libra, it's hidden to us, but should be obvious to us that that means that the earth is in Aries, right? So that our grounding of Libran energies in this case has to take place with Aries feet on the ground. So if if that if somebody's confused about that, raise your hand or tell me in the in the chat. So the same goes holds true in uh, human design astrology. So wherever the sun is, uh, it is the earth that we have to address to in order to be practical about how it is that we can reach to the power of the sun. 
right? So remember, we had this conversation on Friday that the sun was moving into the gate 32, which is a gate that is about endurance and perseverance, staying the course of something. So on the other side of the uh, 32 is the 54, the gate of ambition and drive, goals and dreams, right? It is the the trigger or the launching pad, if you will, of our all of our various journeys that we take in our lives. They all begin with a dream, a goal, or an ambition. I want something. I want to do something. I want to go somewhere. So the gate 54 on the opposite side of the 32 is sort of the impetus to start the journey. And then we're moving outward toward the 32. And the 32's fear is that we're going to fail, right? That we can endure all we want and that in the end, we're not going to get what we want. We're not going to be able to uh, have that thing or that experience or that relationship or that health that we are, um, uh, that our ambition or drive is pushing us toward. So when we look at the 32, then what is it that can help us endure, right? Because the earth is going to be at the gate 42 during this time, or she is at the 42 at this time. And I'm not sure that we actually got to complete our thoughts on Friday about what the 32 brings to us or 42 brings to us. Now the 42 is called the gate of endings and or completion. In the gene keys, the gate 42, where earth is right this minute, is also called celebration in its highest and best energy, in its Siddic state, which is in the Gene Keys speak, the highest expression of the energy at this particular gate or Gene Key or trait on your DNA, right? We could look at it in many different ways. And in the endings is where we embrace what's possible for next, what comes next. In this gate of endings, we can no longer hold on to the things that aren't serving us. We have to make room for what comes next. And so you can kind of see that Earth at 42 is going right along with the moon in Scorpio right now to help us release, right? To help us release. So you can't drag the fear of failure with you into something new uh, that you're doing. Because when you do, then everything is being filtered through that fear, that fear field, right? And it's not that I'm telling you don't feel the fear because, oh my God, we are going to feel fear. This is the time of the year where it's kind of up in our faces. But when fear comes up, it's your choice what you do with it, right? Do you let it stop you? Or do you let it become more of the fuel to push you beyond the fear and into what your next steps are? It's always your choice, right? That's your choice, what you what you do. Now, 42 with the earth also kind of suggests that we can become more detached. If we step back and we look and we can see, oh, yes, that is me being afraid of the consequences of shining my light even brighter, right? Or this is the fear of if I leave that relationship uh, of what what does that mean for me? right? How would I survive, right? So fear helps us to, if, or I mean, the gate 42 helps us to become a little more detached from that fear. Um, and in detachment, we get to be a little more objective, right? We can see things from outside looking in, and we could see the bigger purpose behind everything that's happened. Um, the purpose in the experience, i.e. the bigger picture. Why is this happening? Because nothing that's happening in our lives is happening in a vacuum, right? It's happening because it's a lead up. It is the next step in our consciousness evolution individually, but also collectively, right? We're part of a collective, but we're also an individual. So the gate 42 with earth here can help us to find closure, can help us find peace with the past and the letting go and to move forward with gratitude and wisdom for the experiences that we've had for where we have been because it has laid the bricks or the foundation for where we go next, right? So 42, honoring the expression of letting go of completion or closure and, and seeing that as the prelude to embracing what's new, right? We're in the time of what's new, but I think sometimes what we don't do 
in the embracing of the new is really release what has been right we just kind of hold on tight and you know that's part of the nature of the spleen anyway in your human design and i bring it to your attention because the sun right now moving through all of the gates of the spleen in your human design as well as mars as well as uh mercury who's going to be who's already begun his journey through all of the gates of the spleen venus will also embrace all of those gates as she's already moving in that direction so all of our inner planets the inner us already moving through these gates so we are already in a prime position to face all of the fears in our lives so what are you doing with that right are you just glossing them over right? I came, I bumped up against one this morning. And it was kind of funny when I bumped up against it. And I was like, Oh, right. Got to face it. You have to be able to face that fear. In human design, we often say face the fear and do it anyway. Right? Especially if it's in alignment with something you truly desire. Because how many and I bet you this has happened to every one of you out there is you've had a desire to do or be or have or go and then suddenly a thought comes into your mind and it breaks it all down so the desire was what was authentic the fact that you have it as a desire shows it is in possibility for you otherwise you would never have thought of it right you wouldn't think about doing or going or being something if it wasn't possible but then some fear comes in and says, oh, people won't like me or, oh, I don't have the money to do that. Or I don't know where I would live if I moved from here kind of thing. And so then we shut it all down. We shut down the desire. So earth giving us that opportunity to really look at that moon and Scorpio also giving us that opportunity, all of the inner planets moving one after another through all of the different gates of the spleen, bringing up all these different fears to the surface so you can let them go or heal them in some way, transform them. That's the highest. You don't want to shuffle them back under the rug and go, yeah, no, no I'll deal with you next year when the sun comes through here. <laughs> you don't want to do that. What an opportunity lost if you do that. So see the bigger picture, find closure within yourself, and uh, the ability to let go and to move forward joyfully, gratefully, and with wisdom. That's part of the cool energy of this particular week in the aftermath of the, the solar eclipse on Saturday. Now, today, I want to also talk about a quintile. Now, all of the different things that we talk about in the relationships between planets are really about how we take the circle, the, the 360 degree circle of the zodiac wheel, and how we divide it into parts, right? If we divide it into, uh, if we divide the circle by uh, three, then we get three 123 or 120 degree angles, right? This is waxing ge geometry. Go back to your eighth and ninth grade, seventh grade uh, math classes. When, so when we when we have a circle and we divide it into three parts, we get three 120 degree angles, which then become trines in astrology. When we take the circle and we divide it by five, then we get 72 degree, we get five 72 degree angles or relationships between planets. That 72 degree relationship is called a quintile. Now, quintiles, they're a minor aspect. I don't know why we've relegated it to minor, because I really think anytime we're dealing with the number five in astrology, in numerology, uh, even in some of the other sacred um, texts, five seems to hold some very powerful energy. It holds the energy of change. It holds the energy of movement. It holds the energy of achievement right? It holds some kind of magical energy. So a quintile in astrology is also kind of magical. We're dividing the chart wheel into 72 degree spots. And in this particular day, today, we have Jupiter in a quintile with Saturn. So we have the two transpersonal planets, the ones that sit between 
the inner planets, Mars inward to the sun, and including the moon, including Earth. Uh, and they sit between them and the outer planets of Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and all of the girls further out. So we have a very unusual time for being able to balance these two different energies, Jupiter, the principle of growth and expansion and evolution of consciousness, gathering in your wisdom, becoming wiser, becoming the hot, next highest version of yourself versus Saturn, who is the principle of get your feet on the ground, build the foundation, be in duty and diligence, be um, persevering and be determined, right? So we have we have a planet that sees the big picture versus a planet that sees just the narrow view, the one step in front of the other that's going to get me where I need to go. What you have, which brick do you have, or which, yeah, how many bricks is it going to take to build your foundation and then build that foundation before you go here? So this um, aspect indicates some really creative and constructive energy. This is a quintile and a quintile in astrology really represents kind of a talent, kind of a hidden talent maybe, or one that uh, maybe other people see really easily within you that maybe you kind of noticed in yourself, but haven't really tapped into it and used it to your benefit, right? Because it is not talked about. I, I rarely hear anything about quintiles, yet it is an important aspect here. It is going to show us the constructive relationship between the two planets. So how can Jupiter expansion and Saturn's focus and narrow uh, boundaries uh, work together to help us grow and evolve? Well, this can manifest in us this week um, as a talent for organizing, for planning, right? Putting our planning on, achieving our long-term goals. So the question I can put out to all of us, including myself, is are you intelligently, maybe even deliberately putting your goals into action? Or are you just holding them up here in the well of your mind? Um, like for some future date, you know, some future date, I'll put that out. Or some future date, I'll go there. Or some future date, I'll end this relationship. Or in some future date, I will fill in the blank, right? And this opportunity then is for us to come into this present moment. What can I do in this moment to advance that goal, that dream, that desire, right? What, what is this the time to write out the plan, right? To actually put it down in writing? Because if so, that's what you should be doing, right? Writing out the plan. Is it time to take the first step? right? Maybe I have to secure um, the, the resources that I need in order to do what I want to do. That might be my next step. So this quintile between Jupiter and Saturn today really gives us the opportunity to achieve our long-term goals by actually initiating a plan. And your question could be, what's next? What is next? What is my next step? Sometimes the next step isn't just... Um, an outer expression. Perhaps it's the inner. Maybe I have to get clear about what it is that I'm really trying to achieve, which might mean I need to do some journaling, or maybe I need to have a conversation with a friend. Um, maybe I need to, you know, really do take stock and an inventory of what's, what are my skills and my talents and what is it that I'm really trying to achieve? Because until we can really name the goal in manifesting anything, we have to be able to put words to it. We have to name it. That's why we name our children, right? Because we're putting them into reality. And without a name, they're kind of nameless, wandering. So we put a name on things because then we can make it create. We build it. We can manifest it. So in this particular time, then name what it is that you're trying to achieve. Put a name to it and then start the plan. You have the talent right now, all of us. This isn't about your natal chart. This is about the talent that we all have at this moment 
for a very short period of time, literally just kind of today. But I always think of these um, uh, kinds of aspects as catalyzers, right? They just sort of prod us into taking action, like jump, right? Do something. So what's the plan? And in the plan, come into the now moment. What can I do in this moment to advance what I want to do? So maybe, like I said, it's about writing the plan. And if I don't even know what it is I want or what I'm trying to create or where I want to go, it is time then to figure that out or to feel in your body. It's, it's not hard, really, to determine what it is that you want. What's hard is when we start to rationalize why it is that's not the right thing for me. And remember, we talked about Jupiter sitting now in human design at the gate 24 which in astrology, I mean, uh, in human design, we call in traditional human design, we call it the gate of rationalization. In quantum human design, we call it the gate of blessings. So we're at an interesting place, right, where we can rationalize away what it is that we want, right? Versus finding the blessing in the old tapes that have been running about that. Where in my life have I rationalized away what I wanted in the past? And how can I change that in the now, right? So that we can move to where we want to go. Boom, right? All right. Uh, so let's see, Jupiter um, and Saturn in this quintile also suggest that we need to balance Jupiterian optimism and Saturn realism, right? We want to remember gate 42, earth boots on the ground what is real is important because that's and the fact that we're on a practical 3d planet suggests you actually have to do something you can't just sit here and hold it in your head and dream if it were that easy i'd have everything i desired right now because i think about things all the time i'd have world peace every one of you out there would have everything that you ever wanted <laughs> It would be so easy, right? But that's not the case. We're not on that kind of planet. And there are systems out there that are like that. Andromeda, for one. Um, we're on a planet where we actually have to take the steps, where we actually have to have time as an ally. So optimism and realism in balance means that I have this dream and I know I can do this. And I, I really see how the whole this can happen. But I have to balance that against the realism that suggests, okay, what is my first step to achieving this? What do I got to do first? Then what I got to do second? Then what do I got to do third? Right? Optimism and realism in balance. But we also have to then have the principles of expansion, Jupiter, and contraction, Saturn, in balance. Right? So I think of contraction more as narrowing in and focusing in, kind of laser focusing on what those steps might be or what that next action step is. So the optimism has to be contained. Otherwise, it's just pie in the sky, right? It gets us nowhere except feeling good in this moment. But then when reality slams into us, as it always does, then we're like, I never get what I want. That's never going to happen for me. And of course, you're right. It's never going to happen for you unless you take the steps to make it happen for you. Right? Action. Um, balancing. Expansion and contraction, but also growth and discipline, right? We can't just grow, 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 and not have any container through which it grows. That's the very definition of a tumor, by the way, in the body. And Jupiter is one of those planets that is often involved in tumor growth, right? In the physical, we see the cor correlation of a Jupiter tendency to overexpand in tumor growth, right? Because it's just kind of art imitating life out there, imitating in here, you know, in the body. So here we have to balance those two things. You have to have the discipline to stay the course, to continue to build what it is you're trying to build toward. And I don't mean to make this sound like it's just something in the physical, you know, like money or abundance or a job. I mean, whatever it is you desire, maybe you desire this wonderful relationship, right? So even though that's it is in the tangible world. It's a little different because there might be some emotional things that you have to work through. There might be some, 
you know, fears from the past that you have to work through in order to have the best relationship. And what steps are you willing to take there? They may not be as concrete as, say, building a business where you actually have to do one thing after another. Okay. So whatever it is you want has a pathway toward balance of the growth and the discipline to stay the course to get there. That's the quintile in a nutshell. And, you know, it's sad to say that it has been, it has been relegated to a minor aspect. I think that it does it kind of injustice, but okay, I'm an astrologer, so I have to follow some of those Saturn rules. So we say this is a minor aspect, but what a powerful little one it can be in your life. Okay. Now I was just uh, looking at something that Christine said, what was it? Scorpio moon, quintile Pluto Virgo. So I'm thinking that must be in your natal chart. So how that works out then is that you have a talent for taking Scorpio's depth and passion and desire and putting it to work with Pluto transformation that actually has an impact in your physical world because Virgo, physical world, right? So that is a skill that you have. So when you're in, the, so if I had that in my own chart, I'd be like, wow, when I am in, when I am ready to follow my passion or to um, actually express my energy around whatever it is I'm passionate about, what I desire, that all I need to do is call up Pluto and uh, Virgo energy by taking that next step. It's a gift you have, right? To see the next step and to take the next step, right? That would be the transformational effect in your life. And not everybody has that sort of um, talent, I would say. And yet then she's also saying that her Scorpio moon is quintile Capricorn Mars. That's earth, earth and water. That is a lot of good energy for moving forward. Uh, Capricorn Mars can be very um, deliberate in taking action, catalyzing those next steps, catalyzing destruction maybe even, um, but that destruction sometimes is what's absolutely necessary in order to get to the construction, right? So hopefully that helps. Uh, Tom is manifesting more pies in the sky. <laughs> By the way, this when I went, we went to the pumpkin patch uh, this uh, Saturday. It was so much fun because I, like I said, all of these different gourds, different colors, different shapes, di ones I've never even heard of, different colors and pumpkins with bumps on them, and just amazing. Uh, but the place that we went to also makes the best pies in Skagit Valley, where where we live. And uh, I came home with uh, little pies, little personal pies, pe peach for Terry, and I wanted peach blueberry. And oh, man, they were so good. And I've never had a pie that was made without sugar. Like they didn't, this is real fruit. The, the juice of the blueberries and the juices of the peaches made were the only sugar in the pie. And uh uh, yeah, the, the, the pastry part of it wasn't gluten-free, but oh well, whatever. Uh, it was so tasty, right? There's just something so wonderful about not putting all the trashy sugar in. And, and I don't mean to characterize that as, as trash, but you know what I mean. It was good. It was very good, very tasty. So I'd like more pies in the sky like that. <laughs> yes, Julie, it was yummy. Okay, uh, now let's move to the next big thing. Uh, oh man, time sure flies when you're having fun. So the next big thing of the week happens later on on Thursday, where Mercury, the planet of communication, transportation, uh, the mind, teaching, listening, thinking, moves out of the sign of Libra and into the sign of Scorpio. And that always signals a big change, of course, because he's changing signs. But before he changes signs, he actually comes into a conjunction with the sun. And we've talked a bit about this, the Mercury cycle before. And here we have an opportunity today to talk a little more about the, 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 the Mercury cycle. So when Mercury is in retrograde, he will also conjunct the sun. And that's called an inferior conjunction. The inferior conjunction means it is on the earth side of the sun. 
So Mercury stands between the Earth and Sun, right? So that's the inferior conjunction. Then after that, Mercury, that's about the halfway cycle, the halfway point of the retrograde cycle. And then Mercury changes direction, moves forward. And then about halfway between the direct and the next retrograde, he comes into a superior conjunction with the sun. Now, when he comes into the superior conjunction of the sun, he's virtually invisible to us here on earth. That means that it's earth, the sun, and Mercury is on the other side of the sun. And this has a special name in astrology that I think we've mentioned a couple times, but it's called Kazemi. And when a planet is Kazemi with the sun, it can only be the sun. It is in the heart of the sun, right? So it's disappeared. It's almost like Mercury doesn't exist except that he's like totally merged with the sun. And when Mercury is in this position, he's said to be empowered by the sun's light and the sun's energy. And he has then a stronger impact. He's actually impacting us strongly because he is carrying out the sun's message um, and uh, communicating that to um, our intellect, to our logic, to our minds. And that means that Mercury in a superior conjunction to the sun can bring us clarity and insight, creativity, right? We might need that. Remember, we're all of this time we're in this week is about creating what comes next. So in the creativity of what comes next, we might need some ideas. We might need some inspiration. So we also might need some confidence. We might need some authority, right? Mercury conjunct the sun, bringing all of that to us. Now, there's also some drawbacks to the superior conjunction because, of course, there always is, right? That we have to balance and harmonize these things. Uh, there, We can become very prone to arrogance or dogmatic thinking, right? That, And I'm watching this kind of right now. You know, there's two places, two things in our world right now, three things, maybe if you include Ukraine and Russia, where you're seeing dogma in play, right? Certainly the dogma of the relig the great religions between the Jewish faith and the Islamic faith that are at war. It's, you know, we think it's a territorial thing, but really it comes right down to ideology, right? The ideology between the two different uh, religions that uh, those nations hold. And uh, other things too, it's not just one thing, but underneath it all is this ideological difference that they have that can, you know, really become... If you look, I mean, each one is so imbued or in, what's that word, inured in its own belief system that it's not holding any space for the other to, to survive or to thrive, right? There's some fear here about what does it mean if I allow the Muslims to have their own faith and be the way they want to be? And what's the fear from the Muslims that if I allow the Jewish people to have their beliefs and what they want? And I'm oversimplifying this, right? because it's so much deeper than that. But this is the aspect that we might in the negative have to deal with. The other place we're seeing it is in the two party system here in the US where you know we have these ideological differences and we can't seem to bring them together. And it's all again, due to dogma. And we could also, if we wanted to, we could look under the carpet here and we could also see that there is a lot of religious overtones in this dogmatic fight that we have here going on between Democrats and Republicans or even within the Republican Party. So fascinating to watch, right? So what happens when the sun is, or when Mercury is Kazemi the sun, these things are going to come to a boiling point and explode outward. Possibly in positive ways, but possibly not either. Sometimes you have to, you know, pop the zit in order to get it to heal. Sometimes you have to break open the scab or take, you know, the scab off in order to get something to heal. So expect that, you know, there can be a lot around dogmatism. And especially because it seems that the one side versus the other is not open to the perspective of and respectful of the other. So the dogma of duality, I love it, Tom. That's kind of you know one of the other ways we can look at this. But for each of us as individuals, the moon in, I mean, 
Mercury in this conjunction to the sun can be a good time for us to express ourselves clearly, confidently, but to also listen. You have to turn, you also have to turn the ears inward here and be able to listen carefully and with respect um, to what others are saying, right? We can't solve problems if we're not willing to listen to one another. So we have to, you know, I, all of you, <laughs> I'm sure every one of you have been in a meeting and it gets heated and everybody's talking and talking over one another. Nothing is getting accomplished because nobody can really hear what anybody is saying, right? I really like the idea uh, of the talking stick, right? That the person with the talking stick gets to use their voice. They need a talking stick in uh, these different places where, listen, just really listen. And, and the person having the talking stick is the one that gets to be the speaker, which puts everybody else in the role of the listener. Hmm. It would be such a different world, I think, if that was really taken to heart, right? I hear you. I understand you. I get you. This is how I see it's different when it's your turn to talk, by the way. <laughs> Not while that person's talking. Oh, oh, Tom, you make me laugh. Okay. So um, <laughs> oh, I love having Tom out there. Uh, okay. So the superior conjunction then here is some things that we can think about it in terms of where it is in the cycle of the Mercury sun connection. First of all, it's step one right in the cycle the superior conjunction and it has a very full moon like feel to it so we know in the full moon we have this light that is very bright it is the moon reflecting the very charged and highly visible light of the sun but in a way that we can view it right we can't view the sun with our eyes in any other way we, with the sun all we can really see is what it's shining on because we can't look directly at it but at the full moon we can right at the full moon that light is really our being able to see the full light of the sun being reflected through the moon well in this case it's the full light of the sun being reflected to us through mercury right everything starts to make sense right the light is there um, it's full illumination. We see it, but the clarity comes with uh, over time, kind of clarity over time. That's a theme we see even in human design. It can feel like we are overloaded because there's so much coming through, so much that we want to say, so much that we're intuiting. Um, your mind can be filled with a whole lot of unintegrated data at this point, a whole lot of information that has yet to be synthesized. Give yourself time, right? This is very bright, very loud energy that's coming in. Um, it is a point where you can even say mental digestion begins. We start to actually take all of the thoughts, all of those experiences, and we start to be able to put them in some kind of order and uh, after, by the way, this time, uh, remember I said that you don't see Mercury right now. Mercury is in the arms of the sun, at the heart of the sun. After this point, Mercury will start to begin uh, to be seen as the evening star, as an evening star. Low on the horizon, to be sure, first. But that's where you'd be able to see him, low in the west, right after the sun has go gone down. Um, so this time you know, this week with this, it can sort of epitomize where we get into mental stress. Um, because we're, we're in the need to develop a deeper understanding of all of that that's been going on. And in that it can create the stress, the anxiety, because we're relying too much on the mind. Now, if we put that in the perspective of where all of us are now in the creation, let's say of our dreams or the creation of what we want to to make um, in our lives or do in our lives is that we are we are at a point just post the new moon where we've set hopefully some powerful intentions and we need the plan 
We need the steps now of what it is that we're going to take. What are we going to do? One step, one foot in front of the other, grounding in that desire, that passion, that um, manifesting thing that we want into the world. But now with Mercury and the sun, we have a lot of thought going into this. And for some of you, you have an ability to take thought and put it in its proper perspective. For others, you take a lot of that thought process and you put it into stress. It becomes stress. It becomes anxiety. It becomes worry. It becomes like nervousness even. So we have to be aware that there can be too much mental focus as well in the aftermath of that lunar or solar eclipse and in the prelude to the lunar eclipse. So be wise about how much mental stress you put on yourself during this time. Remember, this is an action planet. You can't just think your way into creating something. It's important. It's a step. You actually have to do something, right? So if you get it all caught up up here, then there's nothing going down at your feet. <laughs> That's funny because Saturn is in Pisces that rules the feet. So we have to remember that imagination and creativity that gets stuck up here leads to stress and anxiety. We have to be able to take those steps, bring it down to your feet, do something with it so that you know what's the next step, right? You don't even know what to do next if you are not doing anything with the, the things that you started with. All right. Any questions about Mercury conjunct the sun? If you do, you can put those down there in the... Uh, uh, in the in the chat. Damn it, Janet, it's action planet. Right. We are on action planet. Now, right after Mercury conjuncts the sun, we have Mercury moving into a new sign. So the last so the the, the conjunction of Mercury and the Sun happens in the last degrees of last few degrees of Libra. And then Mercury, the faster of the two planets, moves on into Scorpio. So when you have the planet of communication and intellect uh, in the passionate sign of Scorpio, um, we can have a more deeper thinking, a more probing quality to our thoughts, um, to our conversations, right? We might not just want that superficial chitter chatter. It might start out that way. And somebody says something that takes the whole of the group or the whole of the family or the whole of the couple into a deeper conversation. And we may become all of us more puzzle solvers during this period of time, right? We're looking at how to solve problems, digging up the hidden truths, bringing things to light, secrets and mysteries uh, are more important to us or more of a draw, right? Um, so we may also express ourselves with more emotion and more emotional intensity, right? Our, our speech can be very colored by emotion because Scorpio is a water sign. Water rules the emotions. We may also be more brutally honest with one another during this period of time. I'd watch that one, right? I'd be very careful about making sure that when I'm saying something to somebody that I have their permission to speak that candidly, right? You don't want to just blurt out things. It's not blurting like a Sagittarius can do. It's more of sharing from such depth um, that things come up and get said that may not always be pleasant maybe we don't want to hear it la 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 or maybe the other person gets shocked by <laughs> the impact of what they've said so interesting right we also have to be careful with mercury here that we don't let our thoughts take us into paranoia um vindictiveness um don't want to be sarcastic or cynical uh, or being harsh with our words Right? We can somewhat say what we need to say with words that say the truth, but not in a way that's hurtful uh, to the other person. So bottom line, Mercury moving into Scorpio then helps us to transform our thoughts um, and our intellect, right? our mind. What have we been focusing on, our thinking process, and balance those uh, with compassion and with love. Uh, with respect for each other, 
right? This is a, a grand opportunity for us to become more respectful of one another. Now, what I think there's another aspect pattern uh, happening. Yeah, I've got time. Uh, happening toward the end of this week also. So between the Mercury conjunct the sun and Mercury moving into Scorpio, we have sun square Pluto. And this is a power struggle, a clash kind of energy. It is the clash between one's ego, the ego of a collective, the ego of a person, the ego of a group, and one one's own personal power. Right. So we have this clash uh, manifesting as maybe a power struggle between you and another person, a struggle for control, um, maybe a struggle for dominance. Who's the more who's got more guns and bombs kind of thing? Who's got more balls to do what it takes to get what needs to be done? One more influence. Right. So it can be a trigger for intense emotions. Uh, intense angers, jealousies, resentments, obsessions, that makes it hard with Mercury in Scorpio, Mars in Scorpio, to, and eventually next week, the Sun in Scorpio, to see how we can solve the problems. So it can even challenge our own identity in the face of all of this. We want to hold on to an identity, maybe, that's no longer true. And it may may actually force us to confront our our shadows whether it's the shadow of two countries fighting over some little strip of land but that's all based on some ideology that goes back into archaic times or whether it's in our own selves where we are in a power struggle say with a spouse over control of resources or a, i mean umpteen different things in different ways that this can show out but it can also bring us growth and transformation if we are willing, it's a big if, if we are willing to face our fears and our insecurities, right? I feel like that's the path forward, right? We all have fear and insecurity, right? At this time of the year, you can't help but have it there. If you're telling me that you have no fears, you are lying to me and other yourself, right? Because we all have fear. Is it the kind of fear that is real or is it false evidence appearing real right so time for us to be able to move through that and this is intense right now because we also have not in the very far future pluto moving to the 29th degree again of of uh capricorn where he spent a good chunk of the summer taking us through this death birth recycling of energy kind of uh uh feel in our lives in the world right it's sort of the lead up to some of the big problems that exploded you know here in the fall were because of the length of time uh, of the karmic degree the 29th degree that pluto sat at and this time as he sits at the 29th degree it's a prelude to is moving into Aquarius again. So Sun square Pluto, what do I have to let go of? Again, what do I have to confront within myself in order to be able to move forward like Pluto will now into Aquarian energy? All right, so it's a big time. And again, you know, we see the reflection of that transformational energy um, back from the outer world and what is happening in the outer world so big deal all right let's pull some cards shall we in the last couple of minutes that we have here i'm going to pull us a goddess card and i also had thought about the animals i want an animal oh yeah let's do it we're gonna pull three cards okay so the goddess deck this is a deck by uh, Colette Baron-Reed called the Goddess Power Oracle, right? And let's get a card. And this card will take us further the week, the energy of the week. Let's see what's ahead and how we can use the divine feminine to help us establish what we want in our lives, what have you. And oh, oh my gosh, I love this goddess, Lakshmi. And she is the goddess of fortune. Right, see Lakshmi, card number 
27, which is a nine. I feel like it's stuck to something, but it isn't. Okay. So 27, Lakshmi. And she was upright. So we have an empowering message. And it says, when the Hindu goddess Lakshmi comes to visit, she heralds a celebration of your purpose, wisdom, and compassionate prosperity. I love it. All your experience and all your skills are rich with meaning and purpose around you. Uh, as oh, No, excuse me. Uh, all your experience and all your skills are rich with meaning and purpose. As a result, you can expect to see evidence of this wealth in the world around you. You have the ability right now to create great success in your life. And what you have to offer has exalted value. You know, this is a message to me, right? This is totally a message to me this morning. You guys just get to participate in this with me. The goddess of luck and prosperity says it's time to share your good fortune with others. And she will show you how it multiplies when you apply gratitude, praise, and commitment to serve. If it's material success you intend, you shall co-create it. If it's rich relationship life, you will attract and develop it. You are a magnet for miracles. Oh, that should be tattooed across our foreheads. You are a magnet for miracles. Nothing is out of reach when the goddess Lakshmi comes calling. Oh my goodness. Love this card. Love that message. Lakshmi. All right. So I also thought because it's October and I don't get to use these cards all that often that we would pull a Halloween Oracle card, the Halloween Oracle guidebook here by Stacy DeMarco. And because Pluto is transformation, Scorpio is transformation, uh, we'll pull, oh, that card flew out. And it's Lady de los Muertos, Acceptance and Equality. Lady de los Muertos, and she represents acceptance and equality. Let's see what that has to say. Uh and in this deck, there's always a little poem that comes first. So here we go. Pale, you step out of the night in red lace, full flowers upon your crown. You bring the beauty to death, the equality and joy of the underground. The iconic lady of death with a pale skull-like face, zombie eyes, and rich red funeral flowers in her hair has become one of the most recognizable symbols of Halloween and the Mexican Day of the Dead, El Dia, de, El Dia de los Muertos. The original model for this flamboyant lady of death can be traced back to the ancient Aztec goddess Mixteca Cuihuatl. <clears throat> I botched that. As time went on, the figure remained balanced between beauty and horror and morphed into the lady of the dead and eventually into the more modern graphic fi figure of Katrina. It is also reported that the identity of the original Katrina was based on women who were very rich and had everything they wanted in this life. Yet death takes everyone equally. So it was a reminder that no matter how rich, how beautiful, how popular or famous you were, in the end, death takes all. The Mexican culture has a longstanding history of laughing at death and seeing it as just another aspect of life. In some ways, death is the last taboo in many Western cultures. We tend to hide away our dying, and some of us may never see the body of someone who has passed in our whole lives. But this was a much more common occurrence in the past. Acknowledging that death is a natural process that will enter everyone's life at some time, and that perhaps until then we can choose to be life-affirming, takes away much of the fear. Take a light approach to a situation initially, and it may work out better. If you are holding on to something that does not serve you any longer, in particular material things, simplify and let it go. Good message. Lady de los Muertos. All right. That's the Halloween deck. Now let's pick a spirit animal to help us on this journey. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, this is a deck that's also by Colette Baron Reed, and it is called Animal Wisdom, I think. No, the Spirit Animal Oracle. Oh, and I get Cat Spirit. How appropriate. Claim your independence. Cat Spirit, number 13. Cat Spirit. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've ever pulled this card on air either, nor have I ever pulled it for myself considering I love cats. That's weird, but 
Claim your independence. When cat spirit meows, she is calling you to claim your independence and allow for some space between you and others in your life. The only way you can grow in all your relationships now is to have a healthy sense of self-respect and self-worth. When you walk with dignity, knowing who you are, self-aware and willing to grow, trusting the value you bring, the world will mirror all this back to you. When you say no to codependency and enmeshment, live and let live and practice taking risks as you wander into new territory for you, cat spirit rejoices. She is here to urge you to let your independent spirit roam free. Oh my goodness. All right. Cat spirit. All right. <laughs> that is it for me today. I will see you all on Thursday. I know, not Thursday, Friday. I will see you on Thursday if you're coming to Astro Design Meetup. That's at 12 noon, your opportunity to get questions on your chart answered, right? Some of you send questions to me like, what is going on in my life right now? That's not quite the kind of question I was hoping that people would ask. Like maybe more like, well, what, what next step do I need to take in my life? That might be better. On Friday, we'll have Pia and Colin with me uh, for the morning show. And uh, also, after Thursday, all of you will, by email, get an invitation to join the Human Design Basics course beginning the following Thursday, October 26th. And that will be a three-class course on Thursdays that will teach you the basics of human design just like I just finished the human or the uh, basics of astrology. And then at the end of the year, we will start up uh, the basics of astro design. So we have some courses that are being taught here to help you organize yourself around knowledge about astrologies. That's it for me, guys. Take care. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.